I'm Elizabeth Kramer, and this is The Teardown, a podcast for wedding vendors who've had enough. Each episode, I talk with a vendor who's doing something cool to make the wedding industry a less gross place. This episode, I'm speaking with Terika. I first learned of Terika because I spent most of June and July 2020 going to webinars. I went to 12, which is a number I only share to give you an idea of how many webinars happened during this time. They were, by and large, a response to the countless murders of Black people in this country. The webinars were also free, and more often than not, they were led by Black wedding vendors who volunteered their time, knowledge, and personal experience to help educate and inform the attendees, many of whom were white wedding vendors like me. Terika was one of the people I saw most often. She either hosted or spoke at a third of the webinars I went to, and those were just the ones that I attended. This is all to say that Terika is a force for change in our industry, and I'm honored to speak with her today. Let's get started. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I am super thrilled to be here and can't wait to chat with you. Um, my name is Terika, and my pronouns are she and her. I am a wedding planner and designer in coastal Georgia. I own a destination wedding planning firm here, and I am also an industry educator, speaker, and coach. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again for being here today. Um, I'm just going to start with how I encountered your work. You know, like I was saying before we started recording, um, I feel very late to this party, uh, but I'm so glad to be here now. Um, but I first encountered your work because um, back in June of this year, June of 2020, um, you know, very rightly after the murders of George Floyd and so many other Black Americans, um, there were a bunch of webinars that kind of cropped up in our industry, uh, in the wedding industry. And um, you, I mean, I talk about this when I queue you up. They, I think you were at least a third of them, either leading them or attending them. Um, and I have to admit, it, it looked kind of exhausting. And I mean, speaking as a white woman, it looked exhausting for you, completely uncompensated to have to keep explaining some very difficult things. That week was exhausting. I think there were three, there were three major ones that week. I think ours was first, and then I was in two of the three. And it was just, I mean, mine alone was almost three hours long. And, you know, the other ones, it was just, it was draining, but it was also very cathartic. It was something that needed to be said and something that definitely needed to be done. And, you know, while I did not expect magic overnight, I am very pleased with a lot of the things that were born from that week. So um, I'm so glad that, you know, people of all races and genders have come together and, you know, we've kind of formed these relationships and alliances around what has happened. And I'm very excited about where this can go as well. Cause I think that this really ripped the bandaid off and for us to stop playing games and, and trying to make nice or putting people in boxes. And I felt like now we see everybody sees each other, for who they truly are. And that's both good and bad. And I'm so glad to hear that perspective, because I have to admit, sitting at my dining room table in Portland, Oregon, uh, I can get a little jaded, which is, I mean, it feels very privileged to say, because I know that as a white person, I can opt out of a lot of, um, you know, the trauma that black and brown people are experiencing. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you feel that there has been magic. Has anything in particular come to mind, maybe things that you're working on? Well, um, you know, unity through community came up Bron uh, Hensborough and I, and with the help of Tammy Flick of Typebird Creative and um, CC Todd of CC Designs, you know, we we came up with this gorgeous logo and this concept of just bringing the industry together and making the industry happen for us collectively, not just for you know 
one group or just for one type of person. And that's something I'm super proud of. And it's been shared through a lot of the major media outlets from a lot of the major industry outlets as well. And then I'm also very happy to see a lot more um, ally boards um, being on a lot of the, the national associations and new associations for Black event professionals as well. So those are just some of the things that have come out of that week, I guess you could say, that is going to make, those things are going to make a very long lasting impact. And, you know, it, it's very easy to become jaded. It is very easy to to get tired. You know, Ron and I had this conversation maybe about a couple of weeks ago where we just checked in on each other and he was like, I just had to be quiet. And I was like, yeah, I did too. We just needed a break because it was like, oh, you, you're the go-to. And by no means am I trying to be like the Harriet Tubman of the wedding industry at all. Mm -hmm. But I do recognize that, you know, I, I have a platform, I have a voice. I am not afraid to use that voice. So that that makes what I say super powerful and super valuable, but I do get tired. So, you know, I love that there are so many people who are willing to tag us out when we do get tired and then tag us back in when, you know, we, we can kind of replenish ourselves as well. And, you know, those are just some of the things that I, I'm super happy about, about seeing for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I, I encountered unity through community. Um, I can't remember now, but it must've been during that week um, or soon mm -hmm. after. And um, I was immediately attracted to it for, first off, like you said, I mean, the logo alone is beautiful. And, you know, I, I think that's an important thing. Um, and I know it sounds silly, but I think the aesthetic of that is really important, particularly in our industry. Um, yeah. But I also loved it because that was often something that I left a lot of the webinars with was, and, and you you and, and many other of the attendees um, addressed this so eloquently, but also just the sense of like, okay, I'm, I have this energy now, what do I do with it that is actually meaningful and effective? And most importantly, it doesn't put the burden on um, vendors who don't look like me to, to answer this question, which, in, which I feel right. very strongly is a question I need to answer for myself right. um, in collaboration. Um, but also, you know, I mean, a lot of it, I think, is introspective work, um, which, is, which is hard, <laughs> right? So with Unity Through Community, um, and I think, you, you know, you, you probably remember this, but I used um, the logo because I, I ended up writing a post on my website because I wanted to create um, an anti-racist policy for my business. Um, and I, I kind of, I, I didn't 100% know how to go about it. And so I ended up writing this long post about, um, you know, like how I had encountered your work and you knew through community and how also it was kind of dovetailing with work that Jordan Manning is doing of all the days. And uh, I posted that with the logo on, um, on my Instagram, just because like, okay, this is the thing that I'm doing right now. Um, I know it will change and morph. Um, you know, I welcome feedback. And I was just tickled because you actually commented. And I was like, holy crap, I am amazed. <laughs> she honestly looked at this. You know, it was a really important exercise that I want to keep doing because, you know, I, that's, that's one of the few like I feel like there aren't a lot of absolutes like that's the absolute is that there are no absolutes right. hashtag 2020 right. um, but one of the things that I feel like is just something to hold on to is okay this isn't something you put down and walk away from this is this is a lifestyle right. this is something you continue to you live it it's not a one and done type of thing it's not just oh let me toss up a black square on my Instagram and then go back to normal type of thing it, it, it's hard work and like you said a lot of it requires a lot of self-reflection and, and honestly, being very truthful with yourself, like, what have I contributed to this? Who did I leave out? Who did I discount? Who 
um, did I not even consider at all? Or who did I not see because of, you know, X, Y, Z? And once you can confront those things about yourself, then you can begin to notice those things within your local industry, within your local communities, with your, your you know, other creative professionals as well. And then you can meet like-minded people and go from there about making your community bigger, making your client base better and, and, and growing it bigger as well. So, Again, it is not just, oh, I attended a webinar and it was great. I really felt all of the things. And then you move on. Like you said, it is daily work that you have to live and breathe in order to really make an impact. Well, and you had this great, great quote um, that, you know, and I have a background as a journalist. So one of the ways that I learned best is just to take notes. So I took these notes during these webinars and you had this great one. And I wish I could remember which one it was, but you said racism must be dismantled by white people. Retrain the way that you create. Mm-hmm. That really speaks to a lot of like, what am I doing as a vendor? What am I trying to create? Mm-hmm. And I have to retrain as a white person in particular, how I do that. Um, I'm just curious, mm-hmm. how are ways that you might have seen different vendors um, do that over the last, uh, we're talking in October, So um, over the course of the summer and early fall. So now what I've noticed is that people are not going to the default. You know, not every wedding couple are blonde haired and blue eyed. They are not always male and female. So when you begin to, and it's like, you know, people sometimes they're like, well, I know that. And I'm like, but your work doesn't reflect that. Your friendships, your relationships look different, but your work don't e- doesn't even reflect the relationships that you have. So now I've been very, very happy to see um, a lot of style shoot work that's happening. And of course, I'm happy because it, it helps everybody's creative flow get to going since we're not really doing much in 2020 anyway. But now it's like, okay, well, how can I reimagine this? And that's what it is. I don't want you to, I do want you to change, but I don't want you to change like your brand or anything like that. I want you to reimagine how your brand is translated, how it transports different people, how it can bring different mindsets and different emotions and different experiences in. So does it necessarily have to be a white couple? Can it be a Latinx couple? Can it be an Asian couple? Can it be, you know, a lesbian couple? Can it be a gay couple? So, you know, when you have the experience that you're trying to create, you know, if it's going to be universal, then you have access to so many people. The default can't always be, let's go for the white girl with the blonde hair and the blue eyes type of thing. Mm -hmm. So as I've been seeing a lot of these creative experiences happening, I'm loving, you know, because before when we would say, you know, really broaden your horizons. Mm -hmm. And when people said that, that meant don't use blush and and champagne and and rose gold. Now it is, well, you know what? I want a full figured model Mm -hmm. or, you know, I want a really beautiful chocolate dark skin model with natural hair Mm -hmm. now. And I think that a lot of people are going there and they're starting to reimagine these things. And, you know, they're, they're tiptoeing against their, you know, their comfort zone. And they're like, well, I don't want to look like I am tokenizing anyone. I don't want to look like I'm just doing anything that is part of the trend. But as you said, you know, this is, this is going to be a lifestyle. It is not going to be just a trend. So if this is something that you can commit to and, you know, you can do it honestly and you can do it authentically, then you don't have to worry about it being a trend. Like you said, I love that you came up with this, basically a manifesto for your brand. If that's where you are, then you have 
a right to to think as creatively as the next you know professional as well. So I really want to encourage people to not put themselves in a box and not put any, any restraints on themselves when it comes to expressing um, their brand's creativity. You know, don't be afraid because you're afraid of what people are going to say or what they're going to do about it. If that is how you feel and that's how you want to let, and you know what? This goes either way. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. This is whether or not you want to use people of color, whether or not you want to use anybody from the LGBTQ community in, in any of your marketing or any of your style shoots, or you don't. At least everyone knows where you stand. So whatever it is that you're doing, make sure that it reflects your brand and who you want to serve and what you want your brand to mean to different people. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you on that. And um, you, you touched upon a few things that I think are just that I've been, um, for lack of a better word, kind of noodling on over the course of, of particularly this year of, um, you know, as a white cis straight woman, um, thinking about how much of this I think comes down to ego, um, my personal ego, um, and just trying to as much as possible not center myself um, in conversations and think about what would the value be to this, for example, this black florist that I'm reaching out to. Um, you know, what am I putting a burden on this person or am I actually trying to find some meaningful connection? Um, and I have to admit that has, and I, I continue to fail <laughs> at it. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, all of the many uh, black and brown vendors I've reached out to this year would probably be like, yeah, that girl, she is very well-meaning and kind of annoying. Um, and, you know, I have this fear, right, of being the well-meaning white woman. Um, our other guest for the season, Jordan Manny, has like a great acronym for it. Um, but I, uh, and I, I just have had to kind of fight that demon in my own head because I haven't known, at least right now, as I continue to learn, I, I haven't known a better way to do this except to to put myself out there in a way that's like, you know, I'm going to be honest, I, I want to change my referral list. And the fact is, I know a lot of really rad wedding vendors, and all most of them are white. And so trying to reach out to people who I know do this work, but trying to find and engage meaningfully, that has been really challenging for me in the sense that I don't want to, you know, I mean, you said at the top of this podcast, like you, you had to take a break, right? Because you are not the Oracle. No, you don't want to be the Oracle. You know, you didn't sign up for this. You have a lot to contribute, but you're also a human being. You know, you're a woman with your own life. You know, there is a, a strong line of, of wanting to, to help and to advocate. And then there is also, you know, that point where you can, you don't want to turn into the white savior. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, I'm coming in and I'm saving the day and I'm saving your brand and I am going to, you know, I'm, I'm bringing you out. And then, you know, it makes anyone that you want to work with look at you and say, okay, but why? You know what I mean? People of color, just by nature, I'm sorry, we are just naturally suspicious of things just because of the history that we have had in this. And are, are they using me? And, you know, what, what do they get out of it? And, you know, all of those things. So I think that when I teach people this, when I coach and, you know, they're like, well, I really want to work with so-and-so and they ignore me and, you know, they don't answer any of my DMs mm. and they don't answer any of my emails or my calls or my voicemails. And I'm like, because at that point you're stalking them <laughs> and that's illegal. Yeah. So to tell that whether or not it's because you want to grow your network of creative professionals or it's because you want to expand who is within your network, you have to create the relationship. Mm-hmm. Teach people to sell feelings 
And that goes for whether or not you're trying to get someone to buy into your services or if you're trying to get them to buy into you, into working with you, into collaborating with you, into referring you. You have to sell the feelings. And the way that you sell those feelings is that you create the relationship. So, you know, it, it's just like, you know, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I was researching and I came across your work and I just think that it's amazing. That's a great way to start. You can leave it there, but I know you would really get my attention if I got that. If you actually told me something that you saw that I did that you liked and what you liked about it, because then I don't feel like this has just been a control C, control V mm-hmm. type of mm-hmm. email. Yeah, some form email. It. Exactly. So if you say, hey, I, I saw this wedding that you did at such and such location, and I really love the colors that you use. As a matter of fact, my favorite was blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, they really have invested in getting to know me and my brand. So now I'm paying attention to you. You know, Now I'm like, okay, great. Well, let me go check you out and see what it is that I like about you. And you know, maybe I'll we can email back and forth. Maybe I'll start following you. Maybe I'll start leaving comments. That's another great thing. Start leaving comments on people's pages. You can't always just jump right in. But when you create these relationships, you show that you're invested in not only you know, having this relationship and creating this nurturing relationship, but that you are a real person and people love to work with and buy from real people. Mm-hmm. And especially now, and especially right now where, where people are questioning, you know, a lot of people's motives, when you show how real you are and how committed you are, that opens up so many doors for you. Okay, everybody, just a quick break in our regular programming here to mention an event that I'm co-hosting in December. It's called Altered, and it's an event for wedding vendors who've had enough. This year, it's all digital, and the goal is pretty simple. We are trying to make vendors less sad. If that sounds interesting, visit alteredpdx.com. That's A-L-T-A-R-E-D, pdx.com. Thanks, and I hope to see you there. This season of The Teardown is brought to you by Joy. Joy helps couples organize everything about their wedding in one simple, well-crafted place. Using Joy, couples can create a wedding website and mobile app as unique and beautiful as their wedding itself. Manage guest lists and save the dates and invites, track RSVPs, create wedding registries, host virtual wedding events, communicate with guests, collect guest photos, and more. All in one place and all for free. Diversity, inclusion, and equality are part of Joy's mission, vision, and DNA. Joy stands against injustice and racism and is taking action as a company to ensure hate and discrimination have no place in this world or within the wedding industry. Visit withjoy.com and follow at JoyTheApp on social to see why couples around the world are planning their weddings with Joy. Two thoughts kind of came to mind as you were talking. One was what Terika is describing is friendship. You know, I mean, it's about making friends. And um, I personally think it's very hard to make friends as an adult. Uh, but, you have, you know, you got to push through that, right? It just because we're not thrown together in school or whatever it might be, you know, it gets a little harder. But this is about being a friend, you know, and uh, being a human being, <laughs> too. And then the second thought I had was, um, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation in October, because um, at the beginning of August, I took um, a um, workshop with a DEI instructor, um, who was part of an event that I co-hosted earlier this year. Um, and her name is Kiyoshi Owens, and she's based in Portland. And uh, she put together this event called Decolonizing the Wedding Industry. I think we ended up being about 20 or so wedding vendors, um, mainly in the Pacific Northwest area, but around the country 
country too. Um, you know, I, I posed this question to Kiyoshi and the co-facilitator. So I'm a white planner. If I get an inquiry, um, which happens, you know, from a black couple, you know, am I the best mm-hmm. person to serve that black couple or should I refer them on to a black planner? Um, and I said that and the way that I interpreted it, and I wish Kiyoshi was here to speak for herself, but the way that I took it was that she she thought very strongly that I was otherizing, you know, this black couple that, you know, that because they didn't look like me, I was kind of putting them in a box and just saying, well, you shouldn't work with me. You should work with people who look like you. And I, I was hoping that was like 180 from what I was trying to say. Um, but I share that with you because I'd be curious your thoughts. So I just want to make sure I understand. In this, in this scenario, you're saying that the couple contacted you and mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. Why would you, that's like, if, you know, your partner comes up to you and they're like, I love you so much and I would really love to work with you and, you know, I'd love to take you out on a date and see where this goes. And you're like, mm. the chip next door is like really cute. You know what I mean? Like why they came to you. So of course there is something there about you and your brand that resonates with them. Don't think that they haven't been looking for other people of color or other black wedding professionals, you know? And I, I, I tell my students all the time, don't get cute and think that you are the only person that they are contacting. Like if anybody is famous for the control C, control V, it is our clients. They send us all the same email. Whoever jumps first is normally who gets it. Whoever makes them feel all the feels gets it. But um, they are very particular about who they go to. So, I mean, no, you should not give that away. Something, and it should make you feel good because something was comfortable about you. Something made them feel like they would be safe in working with you because there are a lot of cultural differences in our weddings Mm -hmm. and they felt safe in saying, I am trusting that to you. I want to work on this with you. So it would almost be more of a personal affront or offense for you to give that away. Cause then it, it it feels like, well, what's wrong with me that you don't want to work with Mm -hmm. me? And that's not what you're you're saying at all. You're like, no, I, I just really want you to have the proper experience. And I also want to make sure that um, whoever could possibly work with you is getting exposure, but it, it, it could tend to backfire. So no, I would not wouldn't give that away well as you say this it's like as a white woman i mean as a a black planner i am not turning away any white couples at all like not not at all it was interesting it was it's interesting so wonderful to hear what you had to say and then also i'm thinking about what kiyoshi had said during this workshop just of like you know as soon as she said it was like a dose of cold water on my you know, stupid and, you know, infantile brain of just like, okay, well, so I was actually being, here's me being patronizing. And, you know, here is me thinking that I know better, you know, and that I know better because I'm white. I'm like, well, here you are, systemic racism, and you're buried deep in my brain. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that with me too, because it just, course, you know, like combined with that and Kiyoshi and just continued learning and growing. It's like, Oh my God, Beth, you got to, okay. It's a marathon. It's a marathon, you know? (laughs) That's right. That's right. right. So, you know, we were talking just, you know, a few moments ago about, all right, how do you authentically create friendships and human connections? Mm -hmm. Um, And I know before we started recording, you were talking about an online community that you're working on. I'd love to hear more about that. Okay. So I feel like I got to give a little bit of context for this. um, So people will understand why, I'm so passionate about this and how I'm also not a rookie to this either. So when I first got started, I had zero experience in the industry. Um, I hadn't even had a wedding myself. So 
and you know none of my girlfriends were getting married right, they're, they're with like, no, you don't worry <laughs> they're like well, you're not getting any practice here so you might as well go about your life so you know and I contacted so many people and I would say hey you know can I be your assistant can I just follow you on the day of I'll be your intern you don't have to pay me I just really want to get experience and they would always say no you know what I mean we're not I'm not training my competition mm. or I am not, you know, giving out information and I, or I just don't have the time. And this is like really maybe 16 years ago. So I had met someone and she, she was very big in the industry. And I, I asked her, you know, the same thing. And I said, well, you know, everybody's telling me that, you know, they're, they're not going to train their competition. And she was like, oh, honey, you'll never be competition for me. And I was like, oh, Okay. And it wasn't said in a way like, you'll never be competition with me because I'm only in competition with myself. It was, you will never get where I'm at. So I am not worried about you type of thing. And so I just felt super alone. And this is coming from, you know, someone I I was studying, you know, I was in legal studies at the time and I was used to being in a classroom. I was used to learning. I was used to, you know, prior to that I was pre-med. So I was used to going into labs and working with, and then now I'm, I'm looking to go into an industry where I get none of that. So I decided to, this is before Um, Facebook and Instagram. I'm so dating myself. Like it was an MSN group. I, I created this group and then like everybody kept joining and I was like, well, this is getting kind of messy. So I created this online forum. And the next thing I know, we had members from everywhere. And when I say everywhere, I'm talking about France. India and Africa all over the country. And like we grew into this online community to where we were always helping each other. It was like, hey guys, I had a really tough consult today. Where did I go Mm -hmm. wrong? Or, Mm -hmm. um, you know what, can you guys look at this? Like, am I the one that's being weird here because the client wants to make changes to my contract Mm -hmm. beforehand? Mm -hmm. We were all learning from each other. So I, I have always had and will always maintain that each one teach one mentality when it comes to this industry. I don't know it all. So there's always an energy exchange and there's there's an information exchange as well. So that grew to be the largest online community for wedding professionals ever. Then Twitter came and then, you know, that helped us out even more. And then Facebook came and then it all kind of dived out. But some of your most favorite people were, part of that community. They help grow that community. You've got Eliana Balsicalt of LEBS and, you know, the B Collective. You've got uh, Michelle Loretta from the Sage Wedding Consulting. Um, and you've also got Candace Coppola. You've got Kawania Hooten, uh, uh, Howerton Wooten. You've got um, Jamira. There were so many people that everybody's like, oh my God, I love them. Like They were there at the very beginning. So that's always been my community. And I was like, you know what? I'm ready to bring that back. I am ready to bring it back. But of course, in true Terika fashion, I just can't open up a Facebook group mm-hmm. and let that go. So this is going to be um, the most amazing membership group and community that is going to have so many things. Because I feel like everybody's pretty much webinared out mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. this point. And again, as you know, we just talked about earlier, I'm big on creating relationships. So while there is an educational component there of every month, you know, having a class and working with people, there's also a relationship component, everything from movie nights to game nights mm-hmm. to client cocktails nights, you know, book clubs and, and all of those things. So I really wanted to create something that allows people to 
really create relationships and also learn from each other because mm-hmm. I felt like that was so very important. And I'm not saying that, you know, it doesn't exist out there, but I, I haven't seen it all in one place where people felt safe, like how we did back in the day mm-hmm. to share things, to grow together, to learn and to support each other as well. So I'm super excited. I love what you're creating. And I love, um, you know, I know Jordan's been working on love culture, which is um, a similar idea, just in the sense of creating the space, right, where people can gather. Mm -hmm. You know, personally, Mm -hmm. I co-host an event called Altered, um, where, you know, same kind of general, you know, all moving towards the same goal of there are a lot Mm -hmm. of vendors out there who are who want to connect with people. And one of the things that I think is most detrimental to our industry is that we're all siloed. I mean, that was true before the pandemic, but it's definitely true now because we're not even seeing each other at wedding, creating these spaces. And I know, I mean, you know, you're onto something and I know you're onto something because um, what altered used to be, so this is a, what I describe as a not gross networking event. um, What it used to Mm -hmm. be was this, it was actually couple facing. So it had this horrible name called the marriage expo. And we ran this, me and a small committee of vendors in Portland, we ran this in April of 2019. And it was um, our take on the traditional quote unquote wedding or bridal show, refocusing it. So it was about what we all felt was most important, which is the marriage. So we had like a couples therapist, we had a financial planner, and the goal was to also have wedding vendors on the on the floor, but to have that couples actually come to get the building blocks for their marriage. Um, mm-hmm. And we broke even, but we had a lot more interest from vendors than we ever did from couples. We had eight couples, but we had like a wait list for vendors who wanted to be a part of this. Um, and so I took that observation compared with like what we learned at the marriage expo back to the committee. And I said, you know what, let's make this vendor facing. And so that's where altered came out of with what Tarika's doing with what Jordan's doing. Like we all need to do this. And I think there can be a spirit of, well, my thing's best, but I'm right there with you. I do not believe that. I think it's going to take a lot of different angles to tear down what we're mm-hmm. trying to tear down. Um, mm-hmm. so we're going to have to talk more about this community. And we are. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'd be curious. And I, I know it's early days, but if you have more details, like, um, what's the best way for people to learn more about that? Should they follow your newsletter? Should they find you on Instagram? Yeah. So, you know, everybody has their, their, their newsletter. And I, I, you know, and somebody finally noticed that like every subject line is like a lyric from a 90s hip hop song or like, but I've got some really great followers. So, you know, Beyonce has her, her beehive and Rihanna has her Navy. And my family calls me Terry. So my crew is the military and that's what the, the, um, that's That's pretty amazing. So yeah, you can sign up, uh, to be part of the military and you'll get all of the updates there. And I believe that they're even in the, um, in my link tree on Instagram, there is um, a link to the the waitlist page for Hustle and Company where you can see that too. And you can find me on Instagram at Cocktail Terica, and you can also sign up for the newsletter um, at my website, terricainc.com. Well, that's all great to hear. And I do recommend it to anyone listening. You know, one question I do have, and I know it's probably a weird pivot from what we just talked about, but one thing that I noticed in the webinars, and I'd be curious how this is coming up um, with um, Hustle & Company and your other ventures, is I noticed that on a lot of the webinars um, that a lot of the vendors were just, they were much bigger fish than I am. And I don't mean that in any kind of pejorative way. They just, they work weddings. um, They personally had larger brands, which is rad. um, But they also, it seemed, not have 
having actually like had them talk about their business models, but they seem to cater more to luxury weddings or destination weddings, um, just weddings with bigger budgets. I mean, I'm assuming probably 50,000 plus, right, for budget. And I'm just, I'm not that type of wedding planner. And I'll be honest with you, I don't aspire to be, not because I don't think it's cool. I think it's amazing. And I think it takes a whole set of skills that is just super aspirational. Um, it's just, I work often with couples who are more in the probably ten to $30,000 range for a budget. Um, and so I just noticed that and I share that with you here because um, I noticed on the web it's like sometimes the issues that were coming up, some of the pain points that vendors were talking about, I'm like, oh God, I don't, I can't relate, you know, I can't relate to that. Um, and I was just curious as, as you're building out these models, I mean, do you, do you think there's a place for vendors like myself where we're like, you know, we're one, maybe two person operations, you know, we, we have an LLC, we have a contract that a lawyer drafted up, but you know, we're, we're a little bit more uh, bootstrap than maybe folks that you mm -hmm. run with. Well, I mean, I, I started where you are, so I can definitely, definitely relate. And, you know, and I tell people this all of the time, you know, luxury doesn't have to be everybody's thing. We all can't be doctors. We <laughs> all can't be movie stars. You right. know what I mean? Like luxury is not for everybody. And a lot of people don't agree with me on this, but for me, luxury is very subjective. Mm. It is, you know, it can mean different things to different people. So maybe, you know, luxury for one person, you know, for a wedding is having all of these huge centerpieces and, you know, these was grand setup mm -hmm. and luxury for someone else having a great meal or having, you know, a really great entertainment. So it all means different things to everyone else. But, and, and sometimes if we're going to get really real, luxury does not exist in all of our markets. Mm -hmm. It just does not. That's so, true. you know, you have to bloom where you are planted. And, you know, that's why I, I try to make sure that anything that I put out education wise can appeal to everyone and that it can also grow with anyone as well. Because like I said, I've been there. I, you know, I started out, it was just me. And I was, you know, I used to take my daughter and her infant carrier to the law library all the time. And then when I made the switch, she was in her stroller and we were going on venue mm -hmm, scouting mm -hmm. and all of that. So, you know, it's a very Drake started from the bottom. Now we're here type of thing, but you know, there's one of those hip hop references again. I know it all. And you know, some people are happy there. You know what? Let's be really real. Let's let people be happy where they are and stop making them feel like if they're not doing luxury, then they're not being the best. Like, I am so sick of that because, you know, your opinion don't pay nobody's bills, including your own. <laughs> so what somebody else can do and how they live and how, you know, they profit from their brand is none of your business. Let people live and be happy. Well, so. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And I know this is totally like, if you know, I know it's totally like an ego, like, you know, I, I'm sensitive about it. So, you know, this is how this is manifesting kind of thing. But um, I'm just happy to hear you say that because that is definitely where I fall, kind of that latter bit that you said of just like. No, I am sensitive about it too, yeah. because I mean, I know how I felt, yeah. you know, when I was just starting out and it was just me and people made you feel like you were less than, and it was like, but I'm better than you at what I do. You know what I mean? Like, so I am not, and I don't, I don't feel like in this industry when there is so much work to go around, mm -hmm. we do not need to make anybody feel like they are not doing the best mm -hmm. because they are not doing what we do. I find that absolutely ridiculous. All of our clients are not the same. All of our work should not be the same either. How we produce that work should not be the same either. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I, I love that you said that because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, 
I love my couples and I love what I'm able to do for them. And, you know, I'm the type of coordinator where it's like often they, they are the ones who are kind of leading the charge as far as the team that they're hiring. And of course I weigh in with referrals, but the way I describe myself is I'm not the JLo model, you know, in the sense that you don't hand me your credit card and I take care of it. Um, I mean, that model is amazing, you know, and I'm just not that person. So I love that because, you know, that has been my fear, particularly kind of, you know, watching all these big names. I was like, oh gosh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's a spot for me here. And so I'm glad to hear that, you know, it sounds like, well, there's not only a spot, but like do your thing. And then here I'll do my thing. And let's just all do our cool things, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. You've been listening to The Teardown, a podcast for wedding vendors who've had enough. I'm Elizabeth Kramer. And if you like what you heard, please leave a review for this podcast wherever you can. You're also welcome to learn more about my work at ElizabethKramer.com. I'd like to thank the following people for their help making this season possible. First, the sponsor for season two, Joy. This season would not have happened without their support. So thank you to Katie, Joy, the whole team. I'd also like to thank Nathan Stevens, the audio tech who made me sound good, and Izzy Kramer, who is my sister and also thankfully a podcast producer. She and her partner, Nick, provided the recording equipment for this season, as well as endless free advice. So thank you, Izzy and Nick. Credit for my rad new logo goes to Joy Tongsava. You can find her work at simplejoy.com. That's J-O-I-E. And last but not least, thank you to my husband, Jay, who makes everything better.